Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt, just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com. What's up, Airheads? Here we are back in the virtual Airstream studios. Hope y'all had a lovely Ides of March. Hope it wasn't too rough on you. Uh, here I am. Uh, I'm Trey. That's Corey. What's up, Corey? What's up? Have we have we talked about the Ides of March on this show? You, yeah, I guess we did when I did Caesar. About Caesar, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was, I don't remember really going. I, he was famously told to beware I, the Ides of March. And then, of the uh, Ides. And, then and I don't that, think he did. And, and he got stabbed. No, he di- he definitely didn't. He was just like, ah, the odds, oh, whatever. I'm not worried about no goddamn odds. But the odds I, got this him, is typical though. fashion of they sure did. Uh, the odds will do that. This is typical fashion of me covering a topic. I now don't remember what the odds of March were. What what does that mean? The odds of March what is are just the, Mar- odds? the the midpoint. You, you could have the odds of any month. Okay. So it's March fifteenth. March 15th is the, is the Ides. Ides. It's weird for one day to be called the Ides of March, but the yeah, Ides, the Ides yeah. is just, and I don't know the origin well, of that, but it, it just means the midpoint. So you can have the Ides of July, you can have the Ides of anything you right. want, but the Ides of March is far and away the most famous of all the Ides. Uh, yeah, for sure. I was going to say St. Ives, but it's St. Ives, ain't it? Saint I, isn't that yeah, like St. Ives. That I only I know that because of the lotion. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I knew you would know. You a lotion using fool. A very practical. I'm a very lotion using fool. It's a practical travel lotion that I often buy. I'm, a, you you have know, a, I'm a lotion guy for sure. Do you have you have separate lotion for the bee and for the bumble and for the various yeah. parts of your body? How many different lotions do you have for yeah. your, all your different body parts? Well. Our friends over at Manscaped, I have a beard conditioner type lotion thing that I use from them. But also, yeah, so like, and this is only from growing up with, around women. Like I was just with my mom and my sister a lot. So I got taught like, hey, face lotion and body lotion are very different things. And I buy into it. I love spending money. So like, I'll be like, cool, I'll get my nice face lotion. But like, if I run out of that, it'll be a long time before I go get more and I just rub my body lotion all over me. But like, 
you know, I definitely lotion the bee more than any other part of my body. Like when I get out of the shower, I lotion everything. But then throughout the day, I re-lotion the bee um, like, I don't know, three or three or four times, you know. So I'm, us- I'm using some pretty nice stuff. Got to take care of the bee. So uh, listen, today, here's what we're going to be talking about a little later. I have found a gentleman from history who I believe perfectly embodies or embodied he long since dead but he embodied Mm -hmm. the idea of my venn diagram where trashy Mm -hmm. and fancy overlap this guy was a walking venn diagram i find his story to be hilarious i feel like it's undertold i think most people don't know about him but obviously you can find information on him because i did and i'm looking forward to telling you about him a little later then you are going to talk about another feller who's pretty different from that triangle (laughs) triangle feller the triangle feller pythagoras him and his theorem and uh, all that stuff there's really only uh there's really only a couple things uh about him that i want to talk about uh it's going to be like atypical i'm not going to be doing the year to year thing he just had one thing that like really caught my attention and i was like okay look up some more interesting facts about this guy but i really want to talk to trey about this one fucking thing Pythagoras has always been my guy. I'm sure I've said it to you over the years, uh, but we don't do in math jokes. Much. You say we Pythagoras don't do math much? Yeah, he's always been my go-to for like if you're with your buddies and like you're trying to figure out how much beer you're going to get or whatever, and they and you see your friends start going like, say that's uh that's uh was that seventeen forty two whatever. I my go-to is to be like, all right, calm down, Pythagoras, or you know, like all right, how you doing, Pythagoras, or like you know, anytime somebody does like simple math, I call them Pythagoras, and I've done that for I don't even know how long. It's just always number been- one. That's the reason I know who Pythagoras is, yeah. is because of you doing that. <laughs> and number two, and you don't remember it, but last week you made a Pythagoras crack in the thread, and I was like, I could talk about Pythagoras. So oh, like right. you, you, you doing that is the reason yeah. for us even talking about Pythagoras. I just think, by the way, there was like a long time when you used to just say that, and I just laughed like, <laughs> like I knew what I, you were fucking saying. You know, you know, like I've told you yeah. many times, they're like, they're like, oh, do you read? Do you know Noam Chomsky? And I'm like, no, but I love to tell people that I do. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's it's like that when you just laugh along with something because you don't want anybody to know how stupid you are. I did that for like years with pythagoras with you and i knew like, well, i got the i was like that must be a math feller yeah right well it's funny because like i was gonna say i just feel like he's got like a funny name for that situation but also but the truth is like he does i don't know hardly any other math fellers do you know what i mean like so he's like yeah he's right. one of the most famous math fellers and also i think yeah, his it's a good name joke. is just funny in that in that situation so yeah i've been that's been well, my comedically so. it's got it starts with a P, which is always yeah. good comedically. You know that, and then got the hard G, mm-hmm. and that is that is followed with Gus Pythagoras Rut. Mm-hmm. Like that, it really is comedically a per, the perfect uh, uh, order of letters. Yeah, it does hit. Uh, before we get to all that, though, you sent me you sent me an article earlier, and like. I'm not surprised by this, but I am kind of surprised that I didn't know as much about this as I uh-huh. do from reading this article. So, like we talked, we've talked a lot about the past being a nightmare. I've had stand-up bits about the past not hitting. I'm I'm fascinated with how much the past did not hit and how just nightmarish and terrible everything was, and often in a comical way. It's so ludicrous <laughs> that it's funny. It's, well, this is it the perfect, seems made up. It's the perfect example of that. So apparently, for a long long time 
humans were putting animals on trial for human <laughs> crimes and sentencing them to human punishments up to and inc including but not limited to excommunication and death. So yeah. you're wondering how a pig, you know, reacts to being excommunicated from the church. You know, like he didn't, I didn't know I was in a church, but I guess now I can't go, but that exile, they've exiled animals. So yeah, this was an article you found in wired. And, uh, how did, how did you just randomly come across this or what? Yeah, man. Like, I, it's a rabbit hole thing like once a week yeah. i'm like okay i need to i need to start looking for some stuff for putting on airs and like something will catch my mind and then like i think this was under this might have been even under a pythagoras thing that was like if you like this wild fact about pythagoras you'll also love and i just saw like a pig being hanged and i was like well good god i've got to fucking read that but like with this the thing that strikes me immediately is that like it doesn't surprise me that they were executing animals back in the day. Cause I mean, fuck, we do that every day. I mean, to eat them, not for their crimes, but like it was, it didn't surprise me that they were executing them. What surprised me was that they were wasting their time getting lawyers for the pig. Pigs, you know what yeah. I mean? Well, apparently <laughs> pigs used to just run wild in the streets, killing stuff and being, yeah. you know, and it's like the way they make yeah. it sound is like, it was just, like, like gangs, like cramp, like with crips yeah. and bloods, but it's pigs yeah. in yeah. all these like in these medieval towns, and they were just running roughshod over everything. The so fattened I, kings. I get you. Yeah, the fattened kings. I like that. I get it. I get that you gotta <laughs> you gotta get that under control. You can't just have that, right? But like, right. like you said, to throw a whole court together. There's one story in here. Like, well, so this obviously is fucked up. But like a pig, there's just so. Well, first of all. A lot of this article is sourced from a book that I now kind of want to read. A I book, have to read it. A book and there's from a movie. 1906, right? A history by a guy named E.P. Evans. And the title of the book is, it's a whole book, y'all, entitled The Criminal Prosecution and Capital Punishment of Animals, right? So, like, there's a whole <laughs> book's worth of this shit. And there's a story in there about a pig eating a kid. Again, don't hit. But no, it hit. was considered a particularly egregious offense because the pig ate the kid on a Friday, right? Yeah. Which was like, yeah. that don't hit for the Lord. And That's it's like, a holy well, day. Yeah, right. Like, if you're going to eat a kid, okay, but on a Friday, pig, have you no shame? You couldn't have waited till tomorrow to eat that, you know, peasant's daughter. Like, you fucking had to do it on a Friday. So they, like, they, uh, they, uh, what's the word? They moved up. They expedited. They expedited yeah, his yeah, court, yeah, yeah. his court proceedings because it was a particularly egregious offense in the eyes of the Lord, uh, and he was hanged in France in 1934. <laughs> oh wait, no, this it's is just... a different pig. A different pig was hanged in France in 1934 for having sacrilegiously eaten a consecrated wafer. Right? Okay. Like, you don't. Okay. This is the Lord's wafer's pig. You can't just eat your, eat your own wafers. It's like, the dude, the, I, I've got a thing right now where I mentioned at the end, you've seen me do it a bunch, but I'm doing a different version of a joke I have now about, I talk about, it's just a one-line thing where I say like, people think we're getting dumber as a species and I get yeah. it, but I don't think that's true just because of how fucking dumb people dumb. used to be. Like, I know we yeah. dumb. I'm not saying we smart. We dumb. We is dumb. Okay. But like, 
we are not dumber than people used to be. And right. this article is a perfect example of how dumb people used to be. Like executing a pig for eating a Jesus cookie or whatever. It's like he's a it's a pig. Fucking Dude. and again, pigs doing shit they ought not do. You kill them, eat them, right? You can't have the fattened kings running your town or whatever. <laughs> like I understand I, that, but I wish we already trial? had merch because the fattened kings, yeah. a fucking pig with a little bandana on it. <laughs> Where's the babies, huh? But yeah, in the appendix to that book, he lists 200 separate cases of animal executions, well, 200 well, known cases. Those are just the ones we have the records of. Can, can we you know? can we pause here for just a second and talk about this one hanged pig? Because I have a couple thoughts yeah. um, and I have a story. Uh, number number one, you think to yourself, well, well here's, here's actually what I want to posit to you. The hanging of the pig. Here's the psycho, the psychology of that, because like. It would be so much easier and practical if you want the the animal to be put down. Like when a dog bites a kid, they put him to sleep, right? Or or more likely, the papa of the kid shoots the dog in the head, right? Yes. These are practical. We just don't want this animal to be alive anymore. But hanging sort of has its roots in like a public showing of and it things. Was. And it sort of, I know, I know, and it sort of implies to me, and the fact that these, that they, they think, I can't believe this pig ate this kid on a Friday, they are really anthropomorphizing these animals and ascribe, thinking that they, they truly have this level of thinking. And to me, it seems like they're going, no, we can't just slit the pig's throat. We have to hang it in the town square so that the other pigs will see this. And yeah. think twice before they go eat a kid. That's part of it. They also like, you know, hangings used to just be HBO for peasants. Like that was just, a, that was they the entertainment. <laughs> they loved it. You know it. what I mean? And so like, <laughs> yeah. they they did, they would come to these hanging, these pig hangings would be public and the peasants would come watch a pig get hanged. And then presumably afterwards, like, so what'd you think about it? And it's like, well, I thought it hit harder when it was Jerry last week. Jerry got yeah. hanged. Hit really. <laughs> yeah. for me. More than the pig, but, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. Otherwise, what else am I going to do on my Saturday if I don't have something to watch get hanged? But, like, it. so there was a, there was another case where, like, this one pig, like, killed of – or no, it was, like, two or three pigs where Farrell went nuts, killed this, like, friar, this monk at a monastery or something. Yeah. But but there were there was the rest of the pack of pigs there with him. And yeah, they yeah. put them on trial for yeah, like accessory. egging accessory. them on. Yeah, for like accessory for egging <laughs> the other pigs. Like those pigs, it's like a gang. Like those were the those were his boys in the back. Like, yeah, yeah what now, motherfucker? Hey, <laughs> where's your boy now, bitch? Huh? Do it to him. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to fucking high fiving and shit. Like that's how they treated it. They, and so they all got like fucking sentenced to death or whatever because those other pigs ag agged on the three that actually did the killing. But uh But but sentenced to death after a trial. Yeah. I feel like most trials back then were shams. You know what I mean? Oh they yeah, kangaroo like, court. But like, hey, all of them. They're like, all right, yeah. you know, she's a witch. All right. You're guilty Killer. of witchiness. Yeah, burner. Yeah. Get, the, get the stake ready. Right? Like, it's fucking... That's pretty much all they did. So, I have to assume with the pigs, it was Dude, just... I, I had... But there's... It, it gets 
it gets dumber and wilder than even that, y'all. Yeah. Like it wasn't just pigs. They would put dogs, horses, bulls, donkeys in France. They hang some dolphins <laughs> once. I'm the dolphins. <laughs> look, and dolphins. That, do they don't even raping. have a neck. The dolphins have a neck though. Even How though do I you hang a dolphin. I don't know, but they figured it out. I would have thought that. You know, dolphins are known to be a little rapey, right? But hell, we're, France we're, in the 1500s, France. the dolphin, you know, the dolphin had to be like, oh, now it's a problem? Fucking when I do it, it's a problem. Okay. All right. It's fucking, might as well be this town's motto, you know, but you're going to hang me for it. Okay. That's I see the, best, the best place to be a dolphin is France because <laughs> you can just rape all the time. I'm sure that we have some French listeners that are taking uh, umbrage. Would that be the right word? Yes. That are that are taking umbrage with the fact that we think that they're all willy-nilly about rape. And to those people, I would like to say, okay, sure, I know that y'all, everybody there don't be raping, but like, I, I really would like someone to give me concrete evidence to prove us wrong in the fact that it's a little less serious in France. Well, I mean, just, you know, Pepe Le Pew. But, but dude, for me, the operative. You know what I'm saying. I know. But me, for me, the really operative part is the is the 1500s part. Like, if you're going to act like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to sure. act like. We've talked about before, both raping and pillaging, huge in this time era. You know, this time. The number frame. two exports. Yeah, right. So, like, you know, it just is what it is. But anyway, I said it all these other animals. Also, smaller creatures, they'd put rats on trial, apparently. And according to this book, and I, dude, I mean, what? But they, the animals were not always <laughs> executed. Rats, for instance, rats would be put on trial for, like, trespassing in someone's home, you know, yeah. like a rat do, right? Yeah. They'd be put on trial for that, and the court would issue them a, quote, friendly letter of advice in order yeah, to induce in order to induce them to quit any house in which their presence is deemed undesirable. Like the fucking rat is going to be like, Oh shit. I didn't know that. didn't want me around. I'm sorry. So I, my bad, you know y'all. I'll get my things and leave right away. Excuse me. This like, is, if you're writing letters to rats, you dumb. Yeah. Well, this <laughs> is the, this is, or you're this five. is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing too, that separates barbarism from just pure stupidity. Cause like, it's like, yes, you understand like back in the day, they just slicing animals up willy nilly. And they're, 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 you know, they don't, their morals are different. Cause we all know that the moral goalpost shifts every couple years, but like we kill animals, right? We slaughter cows. We still do that shit. We ain't writing no letters to a rat like they're no. writing letters to a rat right to the rat's lawyer or whatever the fuck played by colin firth in a movie apparently yeah that was wild too i never heard of that i definitely want to check that movie <laughs> out movie from 1993 apparently about this where colin firth plays like an animal lawyer from the middle medieval, medieval times but they uh can i can i put this out there so that we're beholden to it we have yeah. to do a bonus episode of putting on airs where we watch that movie and review it because i'm a huge colin firth fan i don't know yeah, about you but like I that's my him. fucking guy he's great i gotta see this movie so and you were talking about the animals had lawyers apparently because hey you know it wouldn't be fair otherwise like you know they had a right to representation i guess but and i guess sometimes these lawyers were somewhat effective because there's a story in there about a sow and a she ass Right. So 
That's a female donkey. A lady right? donkey, a sow and a lady donkey <laughs> were both executed to be hanged at the same time. I don't know what they got up to, but it didn't hit for the townspeople. <laughs> they got executed to be hanged, but upon an appeal, this man appealed. He yeah, filed an appeal on behalf of his clients, who again, I really can't stress this enough, are a pig and a donkey. Right? <laughs> he files an appeal on behalf of his clients. The court reconsidered, and ultimately they were sentenced to quote simply being knocked on the head so <laughs> dude how fucking fun would your job as the executioner be that day like you don't have to kill him but just get a bat and just yeah. knock him in the fucking head some of this wasn't always crime related there's also a story in there and this type of thing i'm not at all surprised by embezzling rats well apparently in the 1500s this uh this Famous naturalist at the time who I've never heard of named uh, Leonard Thurnicer. Uh, Does that mean naked gifted, back then too? What? Because Nat- naturalist no, now, like a, you know, like the way Darwin, what, like a scientist. Oh, like right. A, okay, like yeah. a scientist of nature back then. Mm. Uh, he a uh, no, he wasn't famous for just being naked all the time. Naked, that, yeah, that would make well. the story even wilder because what he did was he gave a Swiss town a moose as a gift, <laughs> right? And he ought not done that because this town is full of dipshit peasants in the 1500s. They'd never seen anything like that. They all, they immediately decided the moose was, in fact, a demon. And then they assassinated it by uh, a lady in town fed it an apple that she filled up with broken needles. So I guess it's not just a <laughs> yeah, Halloween, Halloween old wives tale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apparently if you're a moose, you really need to watch out for that. But imagine that, that scientist coming back and be like, so how's the moose working out? It's like, Oh, well they thought it was a demon. So they killed it with a needle. Apple. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. This, I, you know, I don't even know why I try. <laughs> you running through that, by the way, reminded me of how good of a point in, in your bit that you make, because you just said dipshit peasants, right? Which, yeah. Like, yes, it's true that like, no offense, but in most uh, times, no matter if it's medieval or whenever, a lot of times the most dipshit of the group is going to be a peasant. Like I'm not, they're smart peasants. Don't get me wrong. But some people are peasants by sheer nature of the fact that they were a dipshit. But what we're talking about right now, and this is your bit talking about how the average dipshit today is smarter than the nobility back then is that like the the peasants weren't the one putting them on trial and defending them in law. Like these were the smartest of the people that were fucking sending letters to rats. Right. Yeah, man. No, I know it was dumb. It was a, we've been dumb for most of our existence. It's honestly wild. The things we've managed (laughs) to accomplish this, this was, these are fucked up. So in other instances, somebody would, you know, pork a donkey like you do. Right. Especially back. I love this. And like one feller porked a lady donkey, right? So they put them both on trial and they, a she ass, and they had to determine whether or not she wanted it. (laughs) So whether or not, (laughs) whether or not the donkey was a party to this crime of bestiality, right? (laughs) They ultimately acquitted her, finding her to be a victim of violence because I quote that she had always been known and shown herself to be virtuous (laughs) and well-behaved at both home and abroad. So people were like, that that donkey ain't no whore. I know that donkey. 
That's a good God-fearing <laughs> Christian donkey right there. Furthest thing from a whore donkey you'll ever see. So they just, uh, just they just imagine saying to someone, "What was that donkey wearing?" You know what yeah. I mean? Like, why why was she in that stall at two in the afternoon? On a separate occasion, though, and I, this is how I'm reading it. I could be wrong, but either way, the end result is the same. On a separate occasion, another feller port, I believe, a a, a boy donkey. So in its yeah. butt, uh, he asked, and uh, he asked. And they killed both of them for buggery. And yeah, because that donkey was gay. It. Yeah, right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Didn't even give that donkey a chance. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, goddamn, dude, the past, such a nightmare. And then there's a part at the end that, honestly, I have trouble even understanding because they put insects on trial. Like, if there would mm-hmm. be a plague of locusts, They'd put the yeah. locust on trial and find them guilty of plaguing and be like, yeah. you got to get and out of here. But like, you, that how? didn't work. Right. Like, no. there's no way that ever worked. So what? And then they were like, well, now they're guilty of, you know, uh, avoidance of uh, punishment or whatever. Like well, now, now they're refusing to listen to the, I find these locusts to be in contempt, you know, and like, I read, I, I read something in there that was talking about like it was I guess the bugs lawyer <laughs> was arguing that it was like okay uh, I I'm arguing that insects do not have their own free will and that insects are behaving in accordance with God's will God is the thing that instructs all these and they were like no that can't be true and and the ar- the lawyer argued he goes okay well, then why, when there is a plague or a, a, a bunch of locusts, do you pray that God will get them out of there? And when they do leave, you always say it was because you prayed. So if that's the case, then these are under orders of God and they don't have their own free will, which like, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, I can't I, believe it had to be done. That is a hell of a bug logger. There, that guy, like, <laughs> yeah. top of his class at bug law school, because... Uh, yeah, that day was the fucking Clarence Darrow of bug law, because yeah, like, uh, because brown beetle versus the board. Am I right? Yeah, because hey. you're right. Like if you if you're living back then and and you're into all that and you know you believe all that and stuff, like I feel like that's pretty hard to argue with. Like how are it's, they not? You can't argue instruments with it. of God. You know, like it's literally in the Bible that they're instruments of God. Yeah, so like. Like if they weren't, then praying to God to get rid of them wouldn't matter. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Elva lawyer that guy was. So, uh, I, this did make me think. Oh, I of, wanted to, but you you mentioned this earlier, but I wanted to add the the bottom part to it. You're talking about the donkey, the he ass that got fucked by the man, and they condemned the mm-hmm. donkey to be killed because he was gay. The last line of this really killed me. A mule condemned to be burned alive, together with a man guilty of buggery, was inclined to kick, so the executioner cut off its feet before setting it aflame. He cut the donkey. Nightmare, bro. Did they have to set up another? Did they have to call the judge in and put him on trial for kicking too? Or was he able <laughs> yeah, to just yeah. was he able to just wantonly fucking chop his feet off without a proper trial? That's my question. Cause like I it seems like what they is, play it by the, the book here. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thought we're going by the book. Medieval lunatics. Oh, yeah, it's fucking God damn. crazy. This whole thing reminded me of a story from Tennessee lore, though. Uh, that I, I know. I think I, I know this never, story. I, and it's in, our lore, East, too. In East Tennessee, it's very... Well, this, like, I say lore, this, like, absolutely... Is this about football? Re- 
No, no. And, okay. and, and this is a real thing that really happened, but I'm saying it's kind of legendary in East Tennessee for its wild lunacy, but it's, uh, I never knew that it had such a precedent. I didn't know that there was standing <laughs> case law to support this. Right. Right. I right. just heard that in 1916, uh, a circus came through Kingsport, Tennessee, and there oh was an God, elephant yeah. in this circus named Mary, right? And Mary killed a dude who was fucking with her. He was like poking yeah. her with her <laughs> Well, she stomped him to death or whatever because, yeah. you know, she's a fucking elephant. You ought not do that. But they put Mary on trial for murder, and they, for some reason, I think because they needed the machinery that was there or something, they shipped her to Irwin, Tennessee, which is a town nearby. And in Irwin, they hung Mary to death from a, like, yeah. crane. And there's a famous yeah. picture of it and stuff. So in Irwin, Tennessee, in 1916, they executed an elephant by hanging for the crime of murder. And again, I'd always heard that, and it's like, goddamn. We dumb, you know, but I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know yeah. that there was a long and storied tradition of yeah. such uh, criminal proceedings until this very day. So I found that interesting. No, what were Have you I told say? you my, okay. Uh, my hanging, a, uh, an animal story. This <laughs> is about football. I was just thinking, I was like, did you hear the same thing? And maybe this, but this I'm, I've heard this from multiple people who lived during this generation that this happened. All right. So everybody knows, you know, if you're a school that has football, you've got that one team, usually a town over, that is your fucking rival. Y'all, y'all hate each other. Like you hate them personally because of football. Like you, you both towns are filled with the exact same type of people. However, mm -hmm. both towns think that the other one is absolute fucking garbage just yeah. because they have the audacity to also have a football team that plays y'all once a year right so with us that team was trying now maybe it's just me buying into all the years of that type of rhetoric but i will say they are trash they don't hit i think your football definitely plays a part but i th i just i think it's like larger than foot i just think it's a universal rule that like Neighboring towns like that, especially rural towns, especially in the south, like it's all they, but it's always like, yeah, they think each other are trash. Like, oh, you that fucking yeah. trash in Jackson County, you know, that's the one next to Salina. Yeah. And it's like you said, they're the exact same fucking people, you know, exactly. But it's just the well, way it is. The thing with trying though, like one of the things we used to shit on them for a lot is that their whole town smelled like poop. Uh, but that's mm -hmm. true because they have a sewer plant there that it, when you Got drive by it, the tops, yeah, the Man, tops of the sewer. My daddy worked four or five years at the poop factory. Right. <laughs> His daddy before him. <laughs> the poop factory keeps this. The poop <laughs> factory is the beating heart of this town's economy. The day the day the poop factory moves to Mexico, Trine's in trouble. Okay, save the poop factory, yeah, everybody. Are. Don't legislate the poop but factory dude, out of Trine's economy. <laughs> so it does smell like poop and what's even worse is that when you drive by the poop factory the tops of the poop hole the poop barrels that they, yeah. they've got like water yeah. towers full of poop yeah, they're right. open and you can just see the poop floating around there oh my right? god so and, they were not cover that and, up and like, try i know i guess if they got covered up the all the out. methane can like so like, obviously, yeah, obviously you, so you like, never worked in a poop factory, is. okay? Because any person will tell you, yeah, that <laughs> you can't just cover it up. 
You're probably right, though. It probably uh, is like a methane thing, or so it's like combustible gas. It's a methane gas for sure, dude. Yeah, so yeah, it'll explode. <laughs> it'll explode. But anyways, so and now for the record, too, trying for the most part always beat the fuck out of us because them poop boys was tough. They grew yeah, up in yeah. <laughs> when you grow up in a poop economy, yeah. you can play ball. So Hard you know, sons of poop <laughs> farmers, dude. That's fucking. You don't want to fuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. So, the, like, matter of fact, the only, like, there's only, we've only beat them like a handful of times in like, I don't know, 30 years. And I was on one of the teams that did it. It was my senior year. And, buddy, we showed our ass. Like, some, like, uh, th- there were several boys on my football team that that night began the addiction that would eventually kill them after, <laughs> after we beat Trine. So, anyways, uh, Back in the, I think it was the 70s, Gordon Lee, who were the Trojans, and Tryon, who were the Bulldogs, were, mm. you know, they were already go. you get where this is going. So they were, they were, they had a heated rivalry. And usually before the game, there would always be pranks played. Like I remember one year, Tryon came to, they came to Gordon Lee in the middle of the night and they dumped a bunch of condoms on our field because we were the Trojans. Like they, yep. like I'm talking thousands of condoms that of course they then made us, the football team, go pick up during, which we loved by the way, because we didn't have to be in math class. They were like, hey, you're on condom duty. So it would be shit like that, you know, they would come down and they'd know the running back, they'd know the popular running back's car and they'd put fish under his hood or whatever the fuck it was. Well, I mean, that that's all in fun. Well, in the 70s, uh, Gordon Lee really, really, really hated trying. And they were, I, they were, Gordon Lee was really good that year and it was right before the trying game. And so they were like, we're going to get them with a prank. And uh, so what they did, what they did was they went to their uh they went and got their mascot which was a living alive bulldog and yeah. they hung it from the mm. goalpost mm. <laughs> they hung it to death from the go- with trigger warning uh yeah. post trigger warning to everybody i'm not listen it's not funny to hang a dog no what's funny is that in their minds, they were like, we're doing this because of a fucking school rivalry. But so they showed up to school the next day and their mascot bulldog was hung by his neck to death from their field goal post. Go Trojans. Truly hilarious prank right there. You talk about fucking, yeah. it's just a prank, bro. <laughs> Drew told us a similar story once and, and uh, this whole thing is not going to hit for people. Sorry, but look, we ain't the ones that hung I, I, the I, damn dogs. I, I, Drew told do? us a similar story from Morgan County. I remember who it was, but he said like somebody, they like hung a dog and then shot it. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, I call well, that a Panama nice. Pinata, baby. <laughs> Sorry, but that's funny. It's horrific. That's fucking hilarious. But that's funny. Fucking Panama Pinata. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say that. I remember that. No, that, that was, was on, so funny. That was originally on Tiger by the Tail. That's where that was. I remember it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, holy yeah, shit, we were dude, the, that was like four years ago. That's so crazy that that's if true, you've never, yeah. if you don't know what we're talking about, Tiger by the Tail is a spinoff of the Well Read podcast, and it was during the pandemic when we we didn't know what to do. We had no idea if we were ever going to be able to do comedy again. 
And right at that time, and and I know that th- this has long since been beaten to death, and nobody wants to ever watch this show again. But uh, the Tiger King came out, and so we did an episode by episode review of the Tiger King that was called Tiger by the Tail. If that interests you, you can go to Trey's uh, YouTube and see that, or on the Well Read Podcast feed. But I will tell you this: I haven't watched those in a long time. That was right when we were first figuring out how to do. Uh, remote podcasts and stuff there's no way i mean i bet it was good for the time because we got a lot of grace because nobody knew what they were doing but like dude, yeah. i bet we sound like shit yeah it was pretty early on in the pandemic like and we, everybody was new to zoom stuff and remote podcasting but it, yeah. it was a lot of fun though but uh it was uh, so much fun. Yeah, we, Salina, my high school, we were, we were the Bulldogs, too, but we never had a living Bulldog. Dog. We didn't have Bulldog money. Bulldogs are expensive, dude. You can't, you know, <laughs> they you can't just get a Bulldog. Expensive. It never really occurred to me that we didn't, or I don't know, I guess it never really occurred to me that other places might. I know that UGA, but that's a college, you know. It never occurred that's to me college, that other yeah. high schools would have, like, yeah. living They're the only ones that I know, for the record. And, do they and spill, like we, or did they give it up? I, after yeah, no, they... <laughs> no they no no they they still do i mean i know they did when i was in high school at least but like they were also the only now that i think about it they were the only school around the area that had a mascot that was even applicable for that because like yeah i know we had we were were the trojans yeah 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 like the ridgeland was the panthers they're not gonna have a fucking panther and like we were the trojans and and it uh we don't we don't do this anymore but every now and then we would have somebody from the school dress up like a trojan and go out there but then yeah you got the lafette ramblers the lakeview warriors they did have an indian for a while i was i was was about i was about to bring up the indian themes (laughs) and i was like you know how that worked i just you know yeah, put some feathers yeah. on a feller and send them out there. It was uh, very regrettable. Yeah. Uh, God, that was fun. I'm so glad I ran into that article. Me too. That was a lot of fun. Well, uh, let's get into it, I guess. Let's cover the living diagram, the living Venn diagram himself. We probably need to take a break, Trey. If well, I had to guess. We'll do it right after this. I want to tell y'all about our friends over at Every Plate. Are y'all looking to cut down on food expenses? I know you are. You want to get more bang for your bite. With America's Best Value Kit, Every Plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping, so you can count on great value week after week. Plus, only pay for what you need with pre-portioned ingredients. Do you want to get dinner on the table quicker? Some of these uh, uh, recipes are 15 minutes or less. They're new slate of recipes uh, that only take 15 minutes to prepare. You can choose from fast, flavorful options like the pimento-style grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, that's making my southern heart melt. And smoky cumin pork tacos. Choose every plate over takeout to save money while still enjoying quick, satisfying meals. Their meals are 58% cheaper than your average fast, casual meal. Put the money you save towards making fun plans, you know. Sit back and relax, listen to put on airs and, and get on a boat or something. Trey, you love uh, every plate, don't you? I love it oh so much. I'm a massive devotee of this service. I tried it out, I mean, years ago and uh, just have been hooked ever since. There's, I mean, I could go on and on. I could do a whole episode on how much this hits for me. Just a few of the things that I love about it. I used to always like, I hated going to the grocery store all the time. So I, I'd go to the grocery store and I would buy a bunch of every bunch of vegetables, bunch of meat. And it's like, these are going to be all the meals for the next however long. And I would invariably end up throwing a lot of that out because I didn't get around to it or whatever. It ended up going bad. And I hate being wasteful. Well, every plate completely takes care of that. They send you exactly the amount you need to cook, you know, the meal in question. It also 
uh, it, the variety of it, they, they send you recipes for things that like my country ass would never think to do, you know what I mean? Beef bulgogi and stuff like that. And it, it slaps and, uh, it makes you feel like chefy, you know what I mean? Like you feel yeah. fancy. Like you feel like you do, you, you're really doing something cause you really are doing something. I think I just, that's a good point because a lot of, I've told a lot of people, I mean, you talked about it. I've learned so much about cooking from every plate, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. There's so many things that I've just picked up from doing every plate that now I can take to my own cooking exploits elsewhere. I love it. I recommend the service to anybody who likes food. So, you know, pretty much all of y'all. So here's what you can do if you're into this and you should be. You can get $1.49 per meal. What? $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and then entering the code POA. One four nine. That's right. You heard me right. That's a dollar forty nine per meal. If you go to everyplate.com slash podcast and put in the code POA one four nine. Y'all, that's a hundred and ten dollar value. You can't beat that with a stick. It's high past time you tried every plate, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Skew. All right, we're back. Before I get into it, during the break there, we had a slight, we had a little note from BPP, Big Papa producer, who would like the record. He he didn't say this, but I'm now saying that uh, he is somewhat skeptical of the veracity of the dog <laughs> hanging story. I do think it's worth saying because you know he's from obviously yeah. same school, same, same place area. you are, and I guess he well know, he didn't go to the like same school. He didn't go to the same school. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he, he went He went to Rossville, who were, coincidentally, the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, yeah. He told me that, too, actually. I just forgot. Yeah, they had Roga, another Bulldog, uh, who yeah. I believe was able to escape hanging. So that's good for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never been able to confirm that story, uh, but it's just one of those that's like – there's an old Italian phrase that that translates loosely into if it's not true, it should be, you know? Right. So, all right. The living Venn diagram himself was a guy named Timothy Dexter. Have you ever heard the name Timothy Dexter that you're aware of? No, I'm not. And that uh, that name sounds like it could go either way. So that's almost kind of perfect, too. And it did. It went both ways. Timothy Dexter was a trashy idiot who, against all odds and also despite his best efforts, managed to accrue a <laughs> fair amount of wealth and infiltrate high society to an extent in colonial era uh, Massachusetts. So he was born in the Massachusetts, Massachusetts colony. In uh, 1747, he was born to a poor family. He had dropped out of school. I didn't even know they had school back then, but he had dropped out of school uh, to work on the farm when he was eight. So he started working on the farm at eight, as you do, you know, a couple years late for that era, I believe. But they finally got almost middle age. Yeah, it, and then it, when he was a teenager, he became a tanner's apprentice, so he started working with leather, right? So he's like... I was about to say, that's leather, right? The tannery? Yes. So he's a like a blue-collar dude, whatever. Uh, a little bit later, 1769, he, he, he moved to Newburyport, Massachusetts, which is somewhere up there, and uh, he managed to finagle... I don't know how he pulled this off, but he married a 32-year-old rich widow, so good for him. Oh, my God. An, an an elderly woman. 
I know, yeah, and yeah, I know, yeah. She, he, yeah, she got in door. I mean, that's. I'm sure that's how he pulled it off. Is because right. she was like, "I have no options left, and my life <laughs> right. is at an end." Right. You know, my husband has died. I'm 32. All yeah. is lost. All it's is lost. it's 1770. I have nothing. I have no prospects, <laughs> and I never America's will. America's not even a country yet. For the love then, of God, take and me. then along comes this. Uh, Stupid ass leather man uh, who says, "Hey, <laughs> I'll marry you," and she's like, "Okay, thank God." Now I, you know, don't have to waste away in a nunnery somewhere or whatever until I <laughs> cough to death at the age of forty three. But um, so they got married. She had money. He, uh, what he does with the money first, right? Because he'd always wanted to be like a fancy fucker, right? So he's yeah. like, I got money. I'm going to turn this money into more money. So the first thing he did was uh, he took a lot of her money and bought a continental currency that it was towards the end of the Revolutionary okay. War. It was the first currency that, that uh, the continental U.S. had put out. It was by the time he bought it, it was known already to be functionally worthless. Right. Like it, it might as well have been so Bitcoin. Money. It's like well, it's like uh, sometimes in these like emerging economies when they go through a bunch of strife and shit like that you get crazy shit like i think it was zimbabwe years ago they were printing like three billion dollar notes and, and something because that's how like worthless their money was you know so like that right. this continental dollar just utterly collapsed it was worth nothing so he bought up a shitload of it everybody's like well that don't make no sense right but then but then right. the, U, the u.s won the war and the new u.s government said that they would uh they would exchange those notes for 1% of face value and Massachusetts, the state he lived in, Massachusetts, the state he lived in would exchange them for par. So for the same value, right? But like he bought all this for fucking nothing because it was worth nothing. Right. And now all of a sudden it's worth something again, which no one on earth could have seen coming. Like anybody who knew anything about money or anything at the time would have said that is very stupid. Don't do that. So the opposite of Bitcoin, really. But But then it worked out and he made a chunk of money from it. With that chunk of money, he built a mansion and he bought and he built two ships and got into the exporting business. Right. So first the mansion, he moves into this mansion in Newburyport, uh, and it's like the nice part of town or whatever. And he don't hit for nobody there on account of yeah, he's trash. Right. Right? New money coming in, new baby. Money, new money coming in does not hit for people. Okay. And he was like, new money always is. He was gaudy and tacky yeah. and stuff. And he Hitting. put like, you know, a statue of a golden eagle on top of his porch. And he built himself a mausoleum for him to be interred in. And he put... Wouldn't you, he had, wouldn't you always rather hang out with new money than old money? I mean, I would because I'm also trash. Yeah. So, like, I yeah. would be way more comfortable with new money than old money, no doubt about yeah. it, because I'm Which is just a more fun time. Yeah, right. But uh, he, he had like 40 wooden statues built that he put all around his yard. Okay. (laughs) And these statues were statues of great men of the time. Okay. Like he had George Washington, he had Napoleon, he had Ben Franklin, he had Thomas Jefferson, and he also had very prominently featured himself, Timothy Dexter. So he had a statue of himself built alongside all the known great men of the time. And, uh, on that statue, he had uh, he had engraved on the statue of himself that he had built. He had the inscription engraved on it, quote, 
I am the first in the East, the first in the West, and the greatest philosopher in the Western world. Goddamn right. right. So, Goddamn right. He's really flexing despite barely being able to read, right, and not knowing what he's doing. So, like, <laughs> so he, uh, he don't hit for none of his neighbors. So like, God damn it. It's new money dipshit. What's going on? So like he, he builds these ships and wants to get into the export business. Right. And this is the sheer number of these Kramer ific escapades. <laughs> yeah. This guy had is wild. Cause like, so he's getting in the export business, all these people in the neighborhood, the actual faint, the landed gentry and stuff who don't like him, they start trying to like fuck him over, right? Like they start giving him tips and business advice, but it's all bad on purpose, yeah, right? Because right? right. they're, they're trying to break him and get him, him the out fuck of, out of the and, and get him out of the neighborhood, right? Exactly. So like they tell him to, uh, they had these, they had bed warmers back then, which was all it was was Cold. like a inside a metal, like a metal, yeah. uh, whatever. It was what, like what, a, it was like a loo or a, a, a it was like that it, it was like the smoke in. It was like a ladle that had a, a lid flu. on it. A flu, yeah. Flu, but it didn't have the pump thing. It, you know. Okay. It's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, it was. I actually know it's what they are. Just a it's metal a, bowl it, with a top you cover, on it that you put you cover coals in and yeah. put in your bed. Yeah, well, I've got one of those. Like one of those? Are you talking about? Because yeah, now we got like electric blankets and shit. No, I know. I'm. I'm saying I have one of those as an antique. Uh, oh no shit! It's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. My grandmother had it, but it's yeah, it's like well, it's like brass or whatever, and you put the coals in it, and you latch it, and it's got like a handle, and you like a well, it's like a putting something into a fucking wood stove. And it's funny because like I reading this, I was like, I don't think that would hit for me. That sounds like it could get too hot too quick. It might be dangerous. Yeah. And it turns out, like your look, looking into those things further, uh, they often cause fires that burn people to death <laughs> yeah. in their beds. Yeah. And also, they're just... Third-degree burns they're on they're their just, fucking face. They're just Dutch ovening themselves with noxious yeah. coal fumes <laughs> that they're breathing all night, you know? Yeah. Like, past did not hit, did right? Not but anyway... Hit. No, it didn't hit. These things were popular in New England at the time because it gets fucking cold in New England. So his new buddies, you know told him, you know what you should do? You should take a big shipment of those bed warmers down to the West Indies and sell them down there because they don't have any. And, you know, so you'll be you'll be breaking in on a new market. Where right? it's West, really hot. The West Indies being the Caribbean, a tropical area where it's very hot. And he's like, that sounds like it hits. Okay. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, thanks. I love where this is going, by thanks, the way. I Jeremiah. fucking love where this is going. Thanks for the tip, Jeremiah. I appreciate it, right? <laughs> so, he, so he sends a boatload of these bed warmers down to the West Indies. And when he gets there, his ship's captain is like, this fucking idiot don't know shit. This ain't going to work. So he... So his ship captain takes it upon himself to tell everybody that they're, he tells them they're not bed warmers, they're ladles. That's what they are. He's like, I got all these ladles. And the West Indies at that time where he landed was home to a burgeoning molasses industry that was like oh just God. coming together. And they were like, that's perfect. That's exactly what we need to scoop this molasses out. Thank you. We'll take all of them. So he sells all of them, comes back with a boatload of money. All his neighbors are like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, can I point something out real quick? Yeah, you just use the word boatload, and yeah. it's the first time that anyone's in my experience used it, and they literally, literally. meant it. 
Yeah. What's yeah, funny about that it was is really nice. I didn't even well, I didn't even think you about didn't it. Even even, mean it. Yeah. I didn't even think about it being the other type of, you know, like yeah. it's just it's on he's got a literal boatload of money. Yeah. Um, so they keep going trying to screw him over. They convince him to sell wool mittens to the same place, right? <laughs> and this guy's like he's like, Hey, it hit last time. Oh. Why wouldn't it hit again? Oh, Let's go. It's a beer Fucking, cozy. Run it back, you know? So <laughs> this time they get down there and they just happen to meet some Asian merchants in the West Indies who were stopping there ultimately en route to Siberia where you do need wool mittens. And they said, damn, we forgot the mittens. Hey, we'll buy all those mittens off of you to sell in Siberia. So he sold everything again, made a shitload of money again. Unbelievable. Right? Everybody's totally perplexed. Apparently, I don't know if this is still a saying, but apparently it used to be a saying, and maybe it still is in England. Uh, it's like... Uh, that's like selling coal to Newcastle. That's what they say. Uh-huh. It's like that's like selling coal to Newcastle, which basically just means utterly pointless thing to do. Catch because, up popsicle to a woman in white gloves, and yeah, but no, but that's like. I mean, I guess that that that's usually used to describe how great of a salesman somebody is, right? Right, like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Newcastle's where all the coal comes from in England, right? So it's like right. they sell coal to you. You don't sell coal. So trying right. to sell notes, sell coal to Newcastle is a fool, fool's errand, right? It's a saying. Right. It's a colloquialism. Well, these dudes literally told him, "You know what you should do." is you should sell coal to Newcastle, right? <laughs> and he don't know the saying, and he's like, right. oh, yeah, that sounds good. I can sell coal. <laughs> fucking thanks again, Benjamin. Fucking all right. I'm all in, right? So he gets a bunch of coal. at this point, he has to believe that they have the, his best guy, interest. Yeah, he's like, you that. guys, thanks for all the tips, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Y'all you should guys, do this too, man. Yeah, like, why don't y'all, y'all no, do Why don't you guys get in all this? Why are you giving me all the, all the good tips? I mean, I appreciate it, but damn. Oh, you guys must really like having me around, man. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> so he sends a bunch of coal to Newcastle, right? They're all uh, sitting there like, all right, we fucking got him this time, okay? <laughs> the ship lands in Newcastle only to find that they were in the midst of a big-time coal miner's strike, and the mines had been shut down for months, and they were not producing any coal, and the bigwigs were in desperate need of coal when this idiot's boat pulls up filled with coal. They buy it all at a premium. He makes even more money, right? I just can't, man. This is unbelievable. The whole selling gloves in the tropics and he met some Asian merchants on their way to somewhere else, that happened twice. The second time, it was a different group of Asian <laughs> merchants on the way to Portugal and they bought them from him. He filled up a boat with stray cats once. They told him, I was like, won't you sell some? <laughs> <laughs> swear to God. And this is still them telling him all this stupid yeah. shit? Yeah, they're like, so, you know, they're, they're like, Jesus Christ, nothing's working out. Fucking, won't you round all these cats up and sell those, motherfucker? And so he's like, all right. So he gets... A boat full of stray cats sends those to the Caribbean islands, gets down there. They're dealing with a horrific rat infestation at the time his boat <laughs> lands. So they're God like, damn. hell yeah, this is just what we need. So they bought all his cats. He also was a hoarder and was just hoarding whale bones like compulsively, not even to sell them. Where was he getting them? Oh, dude, you know, they use whale oil and all that. Like That's whaling was, they yeah. fucked with whales hardcore back then. And then he was able to sell the whale bones as corset stays. So like a little, uh, yeah, 
element of a corset or whatever. Yeah. Fucking and made a shitload of money on just his hobby of collecting whale bones. Right? I'm beginning to think that he's not an idiot, Trey. I'm like, I think that there is a certain catch up popsicle to a woman in white gloves aspect to this man because get lucky once, twice, three times, whatever. But like, I don't know, man. Like, guy's got something. Just the luckiest son of a bitch ever, I think. I mean, you can't fucking plan for this shit. He had no, no idea they like, had a, mi- a minor strike or a rat infest. Any no, one of those I know, things no, should have no, no, him, but they didn't because I know, of sheer I know, good but like, fortune. Okay, but like, let me put this to you here, because me and you have been on my side of this argument as it pertains to Tom Brady, when people are like, he's not the greatest of all time. It's just that, like, look at this year when he had, you know, he had this and he had the defense and he had blah 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 and all this stuff, and it's like, yeah, and that and like, you think it's a coincidence that that guy was just there. I mean, yes, he was there for all that, but at a certain point, it's like he's supposed to be there because he's that guy. You know what I'm saying? There's something about him that's making all this shit happen. I mean, I guess it's hard to argue with, but I think it's just like, yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. But like, but he, but he, Tom Brady is like, also the hardest working fucking brainiest goddamn quarterback that ever, you know what I mean? Like he was awesome. No, Peyton is that. Accord. Peyton is that. Peyton is that. Either way, Tom Brady had all those same elements. Like his shit is not sure. like an accident. This dude keeps falling bass backwards into piles of money <laughs> that there's no way Kramer. he could it's predict. Kramer. It's Kramer. Right. And so, um, Despite all this, his relationship suffered. Because imagine, dude, they didn't like him to begin with. (laughs) And then this keeps happening. They got to be pulling their fucking powdered hair out. You know, they're like, what the fuck is going on? How is this possible? But he was wild. He was also noted for his eccentricity. So he made enough money to be eccentric instead of just bug fuck crazy. Of course. But he used to. Crazy, yeah. His rich wife he had. He used to tell people that she was dead. He'd be like, no, she died. And then they would be like, <laughs> and they and they would be like, we saw her on your porch the other day. And he, and he would just say, no, that's her ghost. Can't get rid of her ghost. <laughs> you know how ghosts be up here in New England in the 1700s. And they probably were just like, oh, damn. Yeah, I got ghosts too. Yeah, yeah. We, we, are, <laughs> yeah. we are we are eat up with ghosts right now. So, uh, so yeah, he would just tell. And then one time he wanted to, I guess he gotten the impression that maybe he didn't hit for people all that much. So he wanted to yeah, test it. Finally. And he faked his own death, right? And had a fake funeral put together to see if anybody would show up. And everybody showed up. I assume it's like that meme, you know, that hilarious meme from that black guy is just like, just went to my number one haters funeral just to make sure that motherfucker dead. Right. Like (laughs) my mom has said that so many times about her mom. Like actually it was my dad that said it the most, but just like, I was like, yeah, we ain't ever going to my grandma's funeral because she's a huge bitch. And my dad was always like, no, we're definitely going to go just to make sure that bitch is dead. So, they all show up just to make sure he's dead, right? He's like watching in the back. He's like peeking around a fern or something, you know, like a fucking idiot. And uh, his wife is there. And when she is a ghost, yeah, not well, I guess this is when she's still alive. Like he needs her to be alive for these purposes. His wife is there. And when she isn't crying, right? And now it's unclear to me whether she knew he wasn't really dead or not. But right, anyway, when his right. wife isn't crying, 
He jumps out in front of everybody. He's like, "Hey, I ain't really dead, but I gotta, I gotta whip this bitch's <laughs> ass for not crying enough." Uh, I, <laughs> and again, past is a nightmare. I apologize, audience, but he caned her in front of everybody oh, for not mourning his fake death sufficiently pain. in front of the neighbors. <laughs> yes. So he called off the whole ruse just to cane his wife for not crying. <laughs> Did he start liking him a little bit more? <laughs> Probably. So this guy fucking, he knows what he's talking about. Then in his later years, at the age of 50, he decides to get into his true passion, uh, literature, and he writes a book <laughs> called A Pickle for the Knowing Ones, right? Right. <laughs> In which he mostly just complained about politicians and his old lady, right? <laughs> What's the pickle? What's the pickle got to do with anything? I don't fucking know. Who knows? But it, it the book <laughs> contains eight thousand eight hundred forty-seven words, but zero punctuation, and everything yeah. is spelled wrong, right? And not yep. capitalized, right? So no, no editor. He did, he has all this money, and he doesn't get an editor. Yeah, and so like. There's a sentence in here that I could read, but without saying it, it might be hard to get it across. But he's like, everything is spelled wrong. He's like, I'm the first Lord in the United. And he spelled you like Y-O-U-United, the United <laughs> States of the United States of A. Mercury, now of Newburyport. <laughs> it, all these words are misspelled. It is the voice of the people and I can't help it. So let it go. Corey. This dude was Donald Trump before Donald Trump. I was, I swear to God, I swear to God, he was I the nation's first Donald fucking, Trump. Dude. That, I that swear right to there. fucking God, he's like, I'm, I'm the first Lord. I hit the hardest everybody. I can't help it. It's not even up to me. So all y'all haters, just fucking get over it, right? That's literally kept, what he was saying. <laughs> I kept the only difference is is that this guy didn't come from money. Also, but right. every other thing about him this whole time, I was like, God damn it, man! This sounds like a motherfucker I know. So. He printed this book. It got spread around and everything because people were like, you believe this shit? Have you seen this shit? This is wild, right? <laughs> like retweeting. And they were like, and they were like, uh, he, he ain't got a single thing of punctuation in here. He heard this. <laughs> so he republished the thing with an extra page of just commas and periods <laughs> and exclamation points at the end of it. With a line at the bottom instructing them, quote, that they may pepper and salt it as they please. And all those words are spelled wrong. So I love yeah. this motherfucker. <laughs> I know, man. Which is, again, another thing we've said about Trump. That's like, if he never deigned to be the leader of the free world and just stayed doing the shit that he did, I'd be like, you go, boy. Keep fucking laying it down. So he died nine years later in 1806 at the age of 59. How old was he? Yeah. 59, uh -huh. you know, ripe old age back in, back then. Right? It, that's and, uh, real old. And the, yeah, his obituary in the paper said, quote, his, elect, his intellectual endowments not being of the most exalted stamp. <laughs> so that was, the, <laughs> that was the early 1800s version. Like, this motherfucker was dumb as fuck, right? The, the, <laughs> you know, that's the best they could do in the paper at the time. Because he built all those uh, statues out of wood, they all got rent, so all the statues were lost. His mm. his house became a, a, a hotel eventually, uh, like a little bed and breakfast, and um, he died with an estate valued in today's dollars at $711,182, but... You know, so he wasn't oh, like a multi-millionaire. Yeah, he had thirty-five thousand of right, old-timey dollars back then. But like, you know, he had all that land and the house and stuff, and the scorn the of all his peers because of his fucking bullshit. So, I just thought, uh, I don't know. I also love that dude. That's, what a what a wild motherfucker and a wild story, and just you know, 
really like one of the first great Americans, really, in a lot of ways. If you yeah, think dude, about it, like, I, fucking ain't that I mean, America? This guy like laid the framework for a lot of <laughs> for a lot of Americans I, to come. I'm sure that somebody out there listening to this podcast has already got this idea, but like, buddy, I mean, we should pitch this as a movie. I mean, this yeah. is fucking amazing. Like that would be like that, you know, that same story with all the mechanics of like, it's, it's very Forrest Gumpy in a way yep. where it's like, they yep. keep telling him to do this and then it just kind of works out for him. So like you could do that in any decade and that story framework works, but like putting that realistically in the 1700s and having that type of, that's fucking that's amazing. Like do Forrest Gump. It's Forrest Gump, but in the pre-revolution America, that's mm-hmm. the fucking pitch. And and then also, by the way, this really happened. I and mean, also, but instead of like being ultra sweet, like Forrest Gump, he's more like Donald Trump and like, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. He's, he's yeah. The hottest shit. He's Ken, like it's a, Kenny like Powers. Like a Will or, or a Kenny yeah. Powers type character. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like the overly confident idiot, which is a great character uh, archetype. It's anyway. the best character. Yeah. Like, right. it's, it's insane to me, actually, that this hasn't like, it's insane to me that Colin Firth was a rat lawyer in a movie, but this but fucking this hasn't person been hasn't been a movie. Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah. Uh, well, hell, let's mark that. We'll, we'll get, yeah, maybe we'll get, yeah, get some people I'll, on board. I'll uh, some people tomorrow. Let's holler. Yeah. Well, but that's it for Timothy Dexter. So it's time to get into history of Professor Cho on the subject of Pythagoras right after right this. after this. Dun, dun, dun. This is a public service announcement. Manscaped now has beard products, baby, and a brand new nose and ear hair trimmer. If you haven't already heard, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming are traveling north of your South Pole with their revolutionary Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Plus, they've now launched the brand new Weed Whacker 2.0, which confirms they have all of the best tools for your hygiene toolbox. Time for you to upgrade your toolbox by going to manscaped.com and using our code POA for for 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, y'all that have seen my face before know that I benefit greatly from uh, facial hair, especially if you've seen me without a beard. I'm the type of person that has a very cherub type head and I need to fake a jawline by having a decently trimmed beard. Uh, and Manscaped really helps me do that. It's it. You don't need this beard hedger. You don't need all the attachments and stuff. There's just a dial that you just brrr, click and it, it does your thing. You're like, I want 4.5 on this. I want a 3.5 here. Click, click, click. You ain't got to remove stuff. It's awesome. Also, I, I hate to say it, but the nose and ear hair trimmer has become a lot more of a frequent use for me over the past couple years because it apparently left my head, went straight to my nose. And I do think the uh, the Weed Whacker and, and all these fine products for helping me look my absolute best. Trey, tell them more about it. I surely will. All right, y'all. It's time to meet the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. It's the ultimate package that makes it easier than ever to craft your signature look. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is an elite beard trimmer. The Beard Hedger is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. This waterproof, cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 haircutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. The Pro Kit also comes... With four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care, including Manscaped's beard shampoo and conditioner, beard oil, and beard balm to moisturize, style, and shimmer your new beard. Plus, the kit has three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors. With a nice beard, your face is perfectly groomed, right? 
No, you need to keep an eye out for those tough to trim ear and nose hairs. Like Cho said, when you start to age like we have, they start sprouting up all over the place. And for that, you need the brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 with improved blades and skin safe technology with a no tugging guarantee. I can back that up, by the way. No tugging whatsoever. You stick it in there, takes them out. It's never been so painless to mind your manholes. Now that you got your face looking great, you must try Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 for the full body grooming experience. Good news. The Performance Package 4.0 now comes with the Weed Wagger 2.0 and all of the other below-the-waist grooming products that Manscaped is famous for. Your significant other will be delighted to see you covering all the bases, if you know what I mean. So... Get 20% off and free shipping with our code POA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code POA. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Get your face's beard and your wiener's beard under control. Skew. Skew. All right, dearest airheads, it's time once again for History of Professor Cho, this time on one of the mathinest, triangulinest some bitches that ever was, Pythagoras himself. What do I know about him? I pretty much just said it. Uh, he was a math feller who figured out triangles. Pythagorean theorem, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, I think. Yes. To find, to I'll, find I'll, the... I'll, to I'll find the, the hypotenuse, good word, hypotenuse of a triangle. And that's uh, that's it. That's all I know. And he was like, was he Greek, ancient? He's ancient times math Greek. feller. Yeah, yeah, he's an ancient times Greek feller. And and I'm going to yeah. get I'm going to get in. I'll read the actual Pythagorean theorem. But I would like I would just like to say this real quick. I've never been in this position on this show. You've made me laugh a lot on this show and you've done a lot of great segments on this show, but I've never been in a position like I'm in now where I know good and fucking well that there is no fucking way that I can compare to the segment that you just did. (laughs) That was remarkable. And I think that anyone out there listening probably agrees with me, but like a hat tip and a bow to you, sir, or legit i don't know if people think that me laughing as hard as i did was like uh theatrics for the show i literally like this is the hardest i've laughed in an episode that fucking got me that got me really good that was phenomenal so kudos to trey crowder shout out to timothy dexter baby what can you say but yeah oh shit uh pythagoras so tell me about him so the pythagorean The Pythagorean theorem or Pythagoras's theorem is a fundamental relation in Euclidean Euclidean or Euclidean geometry between the three sides of a right triangle. It states that the area of a square whose side is the hypotenuse, that side uh, opposite of the right angle, is equal to the sum of the Mm -hmm. areas of the squares on the other two sides. This theorem can be written as an equation relating the lengths of the sides AB and the hypotenuse C. And that is the Pythagorean equation, right? So that's the math part of this motherfucker, but that is not what I want to talk about, really. Uh, one thing, before I, I dive into the real crazy shit about him, he is the first person to ever suggest that the Earth was round. Uh, he was the first guy that ever did really? that shit. And I'm like, yeah, 
I mean, historically, I mean, there there might have been like at least documented. He's the first guy, you know. There might have been some motherfucker that was like, I don't know, I think it's round, but they didn't get their shit written about. You know what I mean? But like okay. in a world of all these dudes who were just like, it's flat, it's flat, it's flat. He's the first person to suggest that it was round, and I didn't find anything. But I'm just wondering, like, what do you think made him say that? Like, and what? A- an eclipse because, like, or something? I, it would have to be something like that, maybe. wouldn't it? Like a, some kind of eclipse. Yeah, I guess when the, he saw the shadows or whatever. Yeah, because like that's you the know, only thing I can think the of. World being like, like when you know, here flat earthers or whatever. Like when I think about the people who were flat earthers back before, like telescopes and like satellites, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like that's why wouldn't you? Yeah, think that? I mean, there's you know also I mean? though, except just, for the whole running off the world. And the moon, I mean, I guess they could think the moon is a disc, but like, you know, they could all see that the moon was round. It seems like, a again, I know they can't tell that it's a sphere from all the way down here. So like, granted that, but still like, it would give you some indication, I would think. It'd be weird to think that it it was that and we wasn't that, but. That's actually my biggest argument to, because I have some like, I don't want to say friends. I barely want to say buddies. I'll say people that I know. Uh, are flat earthers and that's the thing that confuses me the most is that they don't think that uranus and mars and the moon and all these things are flat they only think it's the earth you know what i mean like they see all of those and i'm like i got nothing for you but like anyways he was the first one to do that but here's the the we start getting the interesting shit about that he had a so he was a big math guy like this motherfucker loved numbers more than anybody at his time loved numbers that was his shit and he had a group of followers that some people referred to as like, oh, those are his students. You know, he's a math guy. Those are his students. But a lot of people go, no, 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 no. That was his cult. He had a religion. He literally worshipped numbers. Like, this wasn't just someone who was like, I love numbers because they're always the same. He was someone who literally thought that numbers controlled the universe on like a God-like level he thought that numbers were the elements that controlled all of existence and he taught his followers that the world was controlled by mathematical harmonies that made up uh, every part of reality and he also thought that that numbers were sacred and here's his numbers that he hmm. believed were the most sacred so seven was the number of wisdom which i feel like seven like biblically seven you know that's the lucky number that was always yeah. the number of seven's always for been written yeah that seven's always been good eight was the number of justice and when I was first reading this, I was like, I was like, oh, that's why. But there's tw- there's twelve people on the jury, right? Not eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so back eight, then, eight's the number of justice. Yeah, but back then, I don't even know if they had, you know, they had like maybe tribunals or something. But I, they didn't have like yeah. a twelve man jury of your peers like we have today. I don't. I'm pretty sure. I don't think that they had that. Well, yet. ten. So 10 is the most sacred number of all. And, uh, and so that was like 10 was like, they literally, they literally worshiped 10. Like they would bow down and pray to the number 10. And also anytime anyone solved a new mathematical theorem, they would thank the gods by sacrificing an ox. So like, so Mm -hmm. like he would have his chalkboard up there and he would put a problem. And then if someone went up there and figured it out, they would cut the throat of an ox. Yeah. So you'd pre-fired up. They were into, well, but, uh, well, so, but 
like what which god because they had a bunch of gods right did they have like a god of math or whatever because remember we talked about the bacchanalia or whatever and they sacrificed goats specifically to dionysus the god of like wine and hitting right so these people had their own god you're saying he had his own like thing going on and they were like no this the number this the number god that we're sacrificing this ox to so from what i can tell pythagoras was seen as a god Right. Oh, and shit. so there's so did no he eat other... the ox. He drank his blood or were they just like, well, hey, well, see that? That's for you. That hits for you. Right. Ox over there well, just screaming and dying. He's like, that does hit for me. Our Lord has been pleased. We're actually going to get into his complicated relationship with animals here in a bit. But <laughs> but All seriously, right. but like but like, no, it's like numbers. Are, I can't explain it. Any other. Like maybe he's not God, but he's definitely the messenger. He's the prophet. He's like the Jesus figure. Whereas numbers, like literal numbers, are the gods. So there's no like, um, like there's no being it's not a person. Yeah, it's numbers like are the omniscient. Yeah, numbers are the omniscient being because they had like a set prayer that they used to worship the number ten, which was, and I quote. Bless us, divine number, thou who generated gods and men. For the divine number begins with the profound, pure unity, until it comes to the holy four. Then it begets the mother of all, the all-compromising, all-bounding, the firstborn, the never-swerving, the never-tiring, holy ten, the key holder of it all. And everyone had to do this. Like ever, all of his followers. If you wanted to join Pythagoras, you had to you had to swear an oath to the holy triangle, which you mentioned earlier. He was a big triangle guy, so mm-hmm. you had to swear an oath to the holy triangle. They would swear their loyalty uh, by by that pure, holy, four lettered name on high. Meaning, by the way, the Tetactorus uh triangle it was a triangle with 10 points across four rows you've seen it you know it's like a triangle with a bunch of other little triangles inside of it and shit okay then they would have to swear uh by pythagoras himself who uh like a a mathematical uh uh, deity to our mortal race did bring the teractorus so like uh, so like literally they have a religion based on triangles (sighs) I mean, the thing is, like, the way you put it earlier, I don't remember exactly you said it, but he was like, he believed that there were mathematical mathematical harmonies that governed all of existence or something like that. And it's like, I mean, he was right about that. That is true. Like, that that's is true. Like, that's just that's just true. Like, at the end of the day, and I'm too math dumb to know it all, obviously, but everything is math, ultimately. Like, everything can be expressed in mathematical terms and math and physics and the way the whole universe works does pretty much come down to numbers. So, I mean, you know, he wasn't that far yeah. off. I don't know about all the ox blood and everything. I was going to say, like, like, it's the worshiping of it yeah. part for me. Because, like, yeah. yes, like, most dudes, like, my buddy Brad is a math teacher, and most people I know that really love math, their main draw to math is that they're like, look, man, math is awesome because in 500 years, if I came back, this would still be math. Right. You know what I math mean? Math is math. Like, yeah. math, math is math, and it never changes. It's not like, and it's also not like history where you have to... Uh, learn a bunch of facts like if you just understand formulas you can someone can throw any math at you and you can fucking do that math but to like 
make a cult out of math is something that I can't understand. But he went even further to it. Like this is getting like real cultish. Like, so whenever you pledge your allegiance to Pythagoras and the triangle and the number 10, he would make you, if you really want to be in his group, he would make you uh, take a vow of silence for five years, right? You've got to be quiet. You can't say, say a goddamn word for five years. Now, Pythagoras was obviously saying like, this is so that I know that you are pure and that you have, I I want you to prove your loyalty to me. Right. So if you can be silent for five years, then you're in the fucking math club or whatever. So, uh, Uh, but a lot of his story. So no women then obviously, but that would, that was a given. No, no, no. He's like, You're yeah, we don't even killing it today. We don't even You're need rules for that. It. Everybody just knows <laughs> we're not going to do that. That was but, how they had to do it. They were, they, yeah. you know, in a, that's how you got around the wokeness. So you can't mm-hmm. just say no women. But if we do say shut wow, the fuck up for five, for five years, years. <laughs> it'll be self-policing. Oh yeah, they'll remove themselves so like, from the equation. No pun intended. So. So like he goes on this whole thing of like that. That's just how I know you're loyal. That's just how I know that you're pure. That you know yada yada. But a lot of historians point out they're like realistically probably what it was that he was trying to do by keeping her by silent for five years is that he didn't want people running around and blabbing about this fucking cult that he's starting, and they didn't want anybody saying all this shit because this is at a time it's never it's never been popular to claim that you're the son of God or you are a God. <laughs> yeah. But during this time, I mean, this is like, this is like Jesus times. You know what I mean? Like, you uh, this is just before be Jesus times, shit. right? This is, well, this is ancient yeah, Greece, it, isn't it? it, it this it, is it, like it's Zeus times. Jesus t- it, okay. It is, but like, I still can't, it's, it's uh God. Bef- it is before Jesus times, but you understand what I'm saying when I say Jesus times, like, yeah, like, you uh, couldn't like, Right. You like, can't just profess to be a religion. A like they had their own right. God. Yeah. Like like nowadays, like don't get me wrong, in the South, you can't be running around saying I'm God. But like we do live in a more progressive society where like if someone runs around professing to be God, we just call them crazy. We just go, look at that crazy motherfucker. Back then though, they would crucify you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you, we don't do that now. Like we might like run you out of Hollywood or something, but we're not going to fucking like stone you to death, but they would. So that's what everybody thinks is that he was just being like, look, man, y'all don't just stay silent for five fucking years. Uh, one of his most famous followers was Hippasus. Uh, and it said that this is, I fucking love this so much. So Hippasus, have you ever heard of Hippasus? I have not. That's a good Greek name, though, Hippasus. It's a great Greek name. It's amazing. So it's said that Hippasus was the first person to discover irrational numbers, numbers that are just like, mm, you know, just mm, like they're fucking irrational. Yeah. So, so, so Hippasus points this out to Pythagoras. They're out on a boat, and Hippasus was just like, hey, um, this number that I have found, it's not rational. It, it's irrational, right? And fucking Pythagoras is like, no, that's bullshit. I have taught everyone that all numbers could be expressed as ratios and integers. And homie was just like, well, no, not this one, though, because the square root of two is a never-ending number. It's irrational. Do you understand? And so 
Pythagoras um, held his head underwater until he was dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yeah. wasn't did. having that shit. Well, you can't question the number God with some fucking bullshit numbers that ain't making no sense. What do you think's going to happen? Like, like uh, dude, just imagine. But that dude was also the- right, right? Like irrational numbers. Yeah, he that's was like right. A, he was right. A, that's like a precept in math or whatever that, again, I'm too dumb yeah. to talk about, but I know it's a real thing. But it's just fucking hilarious to me that like that 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 part of being a human is never going to change where it's like someone thinks a thing. They have believed it their whole life is fact. Someone comes in with literal evidence that the thing that they have always believed is not fact. And instead of that person being like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that you brought this new evidence into my life. That's amazing. I was wrong. They fucking drowned them on a boat over numbers, dude, over fucking numbers. This guy was like, that ain't how I've been teaching it. And I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up. And everybody was probably just fine with that. If anybody even knew, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, you could, you know, of course they were like, you could. Drowned a peon a in a bucket back then, and everybody was just like, "Well, you know, he ought not talked all that shit." You know, you'll have that. That's what I'm saying. Like he was like to all those people that probably saw him doing it. They were like, "Yeah, he disrespected God, which is numbers. Like you can't question these are the numbers, right? This what we got, and you can't fucking like it's fucking it's amazing." He was also uh, he was a vegetarian, uh, and I respect this, by the way. He was a vegetarian, except when he didn't want to be. Uh, he was. Yeah. He was I've a stereotype in my, he in was my like, life. Me, me too. He was one of those. He was like a stereotypical vegetarian in that he would like run around telling everybody like, "Oh, eating a living thing it pollutes your body, it pollutes your soul, it's not right." Except for sometimes he would eat animals if he was like really hungry or if he was just like. Well, I mean, lamb hits, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to tell you, but like lamb is, is really good. And so, well, it's also funny that he's like, apparently he's like, oh, you can't listen. You can't go around eating living things. They're alive. They have a soul that's inhuman to just take something's life so you can eat it. And then some, one of his followers is like, I don't think that's true. And he just stabs them to death. Fucking kicks their body, (laughs) kicks their body off a cliff or whatever. It's like, shut your fucking mouth. Anyway, back to the morality of killing animals for sustenance. Yeah. Well, so the the reason that I even the reason that I even found out about him being a vegetarian is because I saw this quote uh, attributed to him where someone came up on him and he was eating a dog. Mm. So he's Mm -hmm. eating this. He's eating this dog, which was big back then. I assume. He was eating he was eating dog meat and someone called him a hypocrite because they were like, No, you've said He's like, No, hypocrites over there. Hypocrites your... two two doors down. Yeah. Uh, he's down that way. <laughs> <I'm Pythagoras. laughs> You're looking That's for the hypocrites. You're They're on fire today, son. You're on fucking fire today. <laughs> I'm not saying you ain't normally not funny, but you're on fucking fire today. So someone saw him eating a dog and they called him a hypocrite because they were just like, no, listen, you have told us a million times that eating a living thing is bad for your soul. And he said, it wasn't a living thing because I killed it first. No, this dog dead. You think this is a live dog I'm eating? Have your eyes checked, motherfucker. So he's got this whole thing about like uh, eating an animal removes part of your soul. He's got this really big thing of like certain things remove part of your soul because he also thought that coming uh, made a man lose part of his soul. So like he instructed all his followers, he's like, y'all can't come like 
I know you love coming, you know, like that's a, you know, pretty, even back then coming was like, how oh, but that was what's actually back then. Yeah. They oh, love dude, back then coming's back all you then. got, bro. Yeah. Fucking there's what only was one in it for these people. Like what? Were I they know. just that into I numbers? Like, God damn, they, you can't I talk. Guess, you can't get it wet. You can't fucking do nothing. Like what's the, the only point? thing? The only thing that makes sense to me is that that is how definitive numbers are, is that you can use them to convince people. Like, they're so fucking on the point that if you get someone, if you explain math to them so well, they're just like, well, that has to be. I don't know. But I don't know where not coming falls into it. But he, but like, he's got him, he's got him in his own. And he's just like, look, you can't come because every time you come, you lose a part of your soul, right? And you can't have that. So he instructed him. He's like, y'all have to abstain from sex. But his caveat was, all right. And I assume because a lot of people were like, look, man, this is Greece. We're going to fuck, mm -hmm. you know? So he told him, he was like, if you have to come, you should only come in the winter, right? Mm. And I tried to, I, I looked around. I don't know why it was that he thought, that, that like maybe if you come in the winter it freezes your cum and therefore your soul stays a little bit i don't know but like yeah this draws, us, this draws us to the last thing that i want to talk about like i said this man thought a lot of things affected your soul but without question the funniest thing that he thought affected your soul was that he uh, thought he made all of his followers stay away from fava beans. You know fava beans from mm -hmm. uh, uh, Hannibal Hannibal Lecter fava lambs. beans. Yes, Silence of the Lambs fava beans. He made everybody stay away from fava beans because Trey, what is it that fava beans make you do? Lose your soul, all of it, all at once. Fart, you fart out your you soul. Fart. You fart out your it soul. It makes you fart. It makes you fart. And he thought that every time you farted, the gas, the warm gas that came out was your spirit. He farted and he thought, that's my spirit <laughs> leaving my my stinky, my stinky so, fucking spirit. Did he then like turn around and try to like sniff it up? It's like, oh shit, oh no, I can't let that Probably. go. And he's like <laughs> huffing it and shit. Like, get back in there, spirit. God damn it. Yeah. Also, the coming in the winter thing, maybe he thought that like, you know, if you come in the winter, your spirit goes to leave. It's like, I'm out of here. He's coming. I don't stand for that. And then your spirit gets outside and it's like, whoa, no, fuck that. I'm, I'm going to just stay in. And he's like, yeah, tricked you, spirit. I mean, I don't have any what other. What else? Fucking, yeah, right. I don't, yeah, I don't know what else it would be. But he said that, this is what he said about fava beans. He said, and I quote, Eating fava beans and gnawing on the heads of one's parents is one in the same. So, which is, by the way, very, it goes back to his vegetarian roots of those people mm -hmm. who were just like, eating a chicken is the same as eating your children. You know what I mean? Right. But it's beans, though. Also, like, nothing else mm -hmm. made him fart. You know, like, if farting's the problem, not how, do you, how do you zero in on fava beans specifically? I guess... I guess that like even then, and it's funny because like you think about like one of the most famous comedy scenes of all time is, you know, Mel Brooks, Blazing Saddles, the farting scene because they're all like eating beans. And like, it's just insane to me to think that like 
that goes back to pre-Jesus. Like everyone what? knew, like it's yeah, these but we're humans. That make you they're fart. beans. Do you know what I mean? Like beans make you fart. They would have made ancient humans fart too, you know. And maybe like fava yeah, beans was I the guess. only beans that were prominent in Greece. You know what I mean? So it's like that's why right. they were singled out. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, yeah, that's probably true. But here it goes. It goes even further, uh, Trey. It, would it surprise you to for me to tell you that his uh, he thinks fava beans are sacred, right? That's another thing. You don't eat fava beans. They're sacred. Like this is why they're sacred. Because if you eat them, you fart out your spirit, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you fart out your spirit. So would it surprise you for me to tell you that him thinking that fava beans were sacred is what killed him? And could you could you uh, try to guess the scenario in which that played out? I want to put you on the spot. How no. did thinking fava beans he, was spiritual? He gotten trouble for saying he was a god and they wouldn't let him eat anything but fava beans and he refused and he starved to death or he just like saw somebody trying to eat some fava beans and he tried to stab them he tried to drown the wrong dude in a bucket i don't have a fucking clue all right so here's what happened there were some dudes that were like coming after him for i assume the reason i didn't say i read two stories on this and it didn't say the reason they were coming after him but i have to assume it was because he had a cult i have to assume it was because he was pur 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 purporting is that it mm -hmm. yeah he was pur purporting to be a god so these people were like coming after him so they come to his house and they they burn his they like light his house on fire in order to draw him out which works, but he gets away from him. Like he runs out and he's on his way to fucking getting away from him. But this dude chases him into a field of fava beans and, <laughs> and Pythagoras refuses to run into the field mm, of yeah. fava beans because he doesn't want to damage them. So he stands there and lets this dude slit his throat and kill him because, I mean... What else was he supposed to do? Yeah. What he else really was he supposed no to do? He really had no choice at that point. Yeah. He Can't didn't. just fuck the fava beans up. Uh, so that's all I want to tell well, you about Pythagoras. <laughs> he fucking... He thought far I... <laughs> did not know it's just again we've talked a lot about the past in this episode and like i love it how wild it is like you know what i mean like like you're saying like these are the smart people like dude the, like, was the, the smartest smart, person I know, like the smartest people ever were also just fucking boogity boogity lunatics man because yeah. like the past just be that way I mean, I guess a lot of the smartest people alive today are pretty crazy, too. Seems to kind of come with the territory. Crazy, but, still, but like, I don't know, like man. That. When I think about the smartest people, I think of, like, whoever the head of NASA is, you know, and I, right. like, it would They surprise. probably have their eccentricities. They got OCD or something. They wash yeah, their hands a whole like, bunch, but they're not, like, would, thinking you fart your soul out. That's what I'm saying. Like, it would it would not only surprise me. It's crazy me, in a dumb way. Yes, like, it would not only surprise difference. me to find out that the head of NASA thought that you farted away your spirit but it would yeah. make me go i don't think he should be the head of nasa correct yes it, it's not just yeah. it's crazy it's that it's crazy in a seemingly stupid way which adds another yes. element to it yeah yeah steve and you know what steve jobs was a little bit this way 
Yeah. Steve Jobs. Yes, he one, was. Because like Steve Jobs would like he uh, what was it he would do? Like he would fucking well, he pretty like, much let himself die of cancer because he refused cancer. to get actual treatment until it was too late. He tried to just eat a bunch of mangoes or something instead. Yeah, he didn't wear didn't deodorant. Work. He used to yeah. put like onions in his socks and shit and just like rub onions on himself and stuff. So Steve Jobs was a little bit this way. Matter yeah, matter of fact, I wanna I wanna read more into that. But like it's rare is all I'm saying. It's fucking rare. Cause like when you think like no one would have guessed when you said like tell me some stuff about Pythagoras that's like he no. died because of beans. No, I didn't <laughs> know. I knew he was the triangle man and super smart at numbers. I didn't know none of the rest of that shit, buddy. That is wild. So, um, <laughs> so wild. you got any? Uh, you fucking buried. You buried me this week. You buried me this <laughs> well, week. Well, I've, I've had a great time. And We're yes, gonna I do, do a couple quick. Emails. Let's do a couple quick yes. airmails and get out of here because yes. I got to get ready for uh, weekly skews here in about an hour. Oh, you do. What are y'all talking about on skews this week, Trey? Well, I don't know yet because I haven't opened up Mark's doc. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I gotta... Have you ever promoted skews on this uh, podcast? Well, it's very, very different. I'm assuming a lot of people listening at least are aware of its existence. But I do a political podcast with smart mark ag and then we do it live every tuesday night at five pacific on my pages but you can also get it wherever you get your podcast called weekly skews and i never know anything about any of that shit until mark makes an outline i cram for about an hour yep. before we start and then i talk as though i've always known these things because yeah i'm a pretentious full of shit uh, and that's where i get all but, of yeah that's where I get all of my news, and I co-host. Uh, I co-host skews every now and then, and I have the same method. Uh, Mark will send me uh, a rundown of the thing, and I will click on it two minutes before the show, and it's always mm -hmm. fun. It's always fun. But we got some airmail here. Uh, subject line: Tomato aspects and Southern foods. This is from I assume. Well, you know what? I don't want to say anybody's name until I get to the end. Uh, Hi boys, long time of the fan, long time fan of the show and the extended Skewniverse. I was listening to your episode about wedding and Zsa Zsa Gabor, particularly the section about gelatin foodstuffs, and wanted to pass along this book recommendation. The book is called Being Dead is No Excuse, colon, The Southern Lady's Guide to Hosting the Perfect Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> this book was literally the first time I had ever heard of the tomato aspect as Macon country hillbilly and not a Delta debutante, but I found uh, a lot of the descriptions of Delta funeral customs to be hauntingly familiar. I always get a good giggle out of this book, and I think you will too. Also, my ulterior motive for sending this along is because I would love a special episode parentheses patreon perhaps we don't do a patreon but hey maybe in the future where trey and Corey make tomato aspic and then try it and then hopefully knock it i do like that uh see you love you by claire d's your long lost gothabilly cousin i like that trey i think we should make do a little maybe not a bonus episode but maybe we could film ourselves doing it and then like insert it into the show i think that would be fine yeah um uh Somebody one of my shows, I'm so sorry, I forgot already. Uh, but somebody one of my shows gave me a book. I think it was one of the one of my patrons, but I don't want to get them wrong. I got a few like super patrons and I remember them, but I, I don't want to get the wrong one anyway. She gave me a book that I've been meaning to bring out here for one of these episodes that sounds similar to that one. It's not about funerals, but it's about like crazy recipes from the past or something. I've been yeah. meaning to look through it and see what we got in there. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. By the way, that's 
that's patreon.com slash Trey Crowder. And for mm-hmm. my bonus stuff, you can go to parttimefunnyman.com. Uh, subject line, ambergris is fossilized whale cum? Question uh-huh. mark, question mark, question mark. Fellers, y'all talking about the anointing of anointing oil for, and I'm saying that how he says it, fur. Charles coronation reminded me that ambergris exists for years. I thought it was fossilized welcome that washed ashore and was a rare, highly sought after ingredient for making perfume, therefore making it expensive as fuck. Spoiler alert. I was wrong. This Britannica article says that well scientists now believe it is a substance formed in the well intestines to help break down giant squid beaks. Who knew? Link below. I'll send it to you, Trey. Thought I would yeah. clarify what that shit is. Go okay. Ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I've, I've heard of ambergris before, and I, it never occurred to me that even what it might be. I definitely did not think it was fossilized whale cum, but yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's still whale related, so that's a fun fact. Thank you to this person. <laughs> Thought I would clarify what that shit is. Thanks for all you do. Love the podcast. You can use my name if you want. Uh, I will. It's Rogue Squad 2112. So fellow Star Wars fan there. Skew Corby. Uh, P.S. My last email regarded how much I dislike pimento cheese. And it's my one failing as a Southern dude. But Corey, your video of making your style of pimento cheese looked really good, and I'd give it a try. Yeah, you're goddamn right, buddy. If you make my pimento cheese, that shit is absolutely fire. Uh, Trey, you didn't know this, but I uh, got re- the last time I got drunk, um, I filmed myself making pimento cheese. So, of course, uh, I usually pick these at random, but every now and then you can tell why I picked one. And, uh, well, the subject line says it all. In defense of Corey. <laughs> yeah, that was always getting on. If y'all want to get on the I, show, just make the subject line <laughs> something like that. Just something like, here's even, why Corey hits. Like, he will yeah, read it. I haven't even, but I haven't read this yet. I just saw In Defense of Corey, and I started. I was like, we're fucking yep. reading this on the show. So it could be insane. Uh, I'd say it will be if someone's defending me. Hey, boys, love the pod, but I am super behind. I'm glad you guys make me laugh and my northern ass and my southern husband, but uh, uh, and my southern husband both love listening and it always sparks conversation. Trey, I recently saw your show in Atlanta and a producer friend of mine was saying she would love to do a project with you. If you want her info, let me know. He don't. But that's not what I'm <laughs> it depends. Email. She hits, that's fine. You can send another email to yeah. that to this email address. Just send the email and if she hits or not. <laughs> yeah. She so, hits, here's her email. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. If not, then no. I listened to the Pirates and Blue Eyes episode today. Oh, you're not that far behind. In that, Corey said he would have dodged the draft in World War II. The thing is, even though Captain America says differently, at the time in the 40s, Americans didn't know about the Holocaust. America didn't go into war until after Pearl Harbor, the day that lives in infamy, December 7th, 1941. It wasn't until almost a year later, according to the D.C. Holocaust Mm -hmm. Museum, November 1942, was when they found out about the Jew killing, parentheses, the Holocaust, and I know others got killed also, which does not hit, obviously. And hey, I'm glad that you said that, because on this show, we've stood firm in that the Holocaust, 9-11, 
Also, what else? Hitler, Hitler normally, Hitler, Hitler don't hit, but like don't Hitler hit. and the Holocaust, yeah. kind of, you know, none of that hits. They don't genocide, hit. Genocide, genocide don't yeah. hit. Genocide don't hit. That's right. Um, that was a history, but in defense of Corey dodging the draft is American as fuck. Look at Muhammad Ali. Nope. Damn right, baby. Look at Muhammad Ali. Enough said on that. But on okay. top of that, uh, a lot of the early draft Dodgers had no idea what was going on. They just didn't want to go to war. The boys going into World War II probably didn't know what they fought for. Uh and it was maybe the last justified war the U.S. got involved in the same way the OG boys going into Nam didn't understand it was dumb. My point is, history is 2020, and Corey, I don't blame you seeing it from the eyes of the people being asked to go into the unknown. Yeah, I was definitely looking at it from everybody else's perspective, aside from my own. I'll leave with an FDR quote. I hate war. And Cho, <laughs> if I was eligible, I'm not because because of my vaginal, I would dodge the draft also because I can do uh, the right side of history here. There you go. Fuck you, Trey. You goddamn yeah. Steve Rogers it is, motherfucker. It's all true about the them not knowing about the Holocaust. It is important context. You're right. They didn't truly understand the extent of the justification for the war before they went, but we had been attacked by another country before we got into it. And, you know, now, of course, that happened in 9-11, and that ended up being a real quagmire that did not hit at all, ultimately and ended up go. in Iraq. Well, we went to the wrong country. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, right, exactly. But, you know, still, I'm saying, so I hear you, but, like, I... Also, Muhammad, they attacked Muhammad Hawaii. Hawaii. That was, they attacked Hawaii. It wasn't like Ohio. Hawaii I didn't hits. see it. Hawaii does yeah, hit, but I'm just saying, I can understand myself being like, well, that's over there. They didn't know what they were bombing. Right. Well... No, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. That's enough. I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta all read. Right. Reading. Uh, all right. I love you, Trey. Thank y'all for listening to putting on air. Stay fancy, motherfuckers. Trey killed it. I can never recover from how much I got showed up on this episode. All right. Love y'all. Bye. <laughs> See you. Bye. Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, mm-hmm. three, four. One, two, three, four. Royalty and are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit today. We'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs.